Give me a drink. This past week I took 12 students to Los Angeles where we uh, spent the week with the Carmelite sisters, praying with them, doing service with them. And on the way out, we met here at 7.30 a.m. for Mass Monday morning and then got the car and headed out. We hit like two hours of traffic um, near Corn Springs Road. I don't know that I've ever noticed Corn Springs Road before, but we were like sitting there at a standstill looking at the sign, you know? Um, and then we made up stories about where the name came from. But um, so it took, we sat there for two hours. We're like, this is two hours delayed. So we, we ended up, we wanted to get there like by five and we got there by like 8.30. And we went into the library and we kind of had a sharing and, um, and I said, where did you see the Lord at work today? And the students started sharing. They're like, that car ride was awesome. I was like, are you kidding? We were in the car for like 12 hours. Like, <laughs> and, and they're like, no, it was awesome because we didn't, we didn't have music playing, which is like weird for college students, right? There's no music. We were talking to each other. We were asking like, who are you? Where are you from? Like, what do you want? What are you studying? What's important to you? What do you think? And in that exchange of, of persons, in that relationship, in that communication, they're like, it was awesome. It was life-giving. You and I were made for relationship. But most especially, relationship with God. When Jesus goes to the well today, he's not looking for water. He's looking for relationship with this woman. This woman who is a Samaritan, who is already an outsider from the Jewish people, and the fact that she's even there at noon, you know, because everyone else in the culture would go in the morning before it was hot to get the water, and then you use the water all day. But she would wait, avoid the people, go by herself, and continue to feel alone. But Jesus chooses to be there, to encounter her because he wants to know her. And he asks her, give me a drink. And, and the woman is like put off by that because she's saying like, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Which, which is a little bit like saying, it's like, you know, Jesus saying, I want to know you. And a lot of people, our response is like, Jesus, you don't want to know me. Because if you knew me, if you knew the real me, you wouldn't want me here. Which is how I think a lot of college students feel when they, they like come to church and they're like, I don't want to go to church. Because I feel inadequate. I feel unworthy. I feel like a hypocrite. I feel like I walk in there and everybody like... Like everybody puts on a smiling face, but if they knew the real me, they wouldn't want me there. Jesus is like, I specifically go there because I want you here. I want to know you. That's what he says to each one of us. Like, I want to know you. I want to know what's in your heart. Because when Jesus says, give me a drink, what he's saying is, I, I, I thirst for you. I thirst for who you are, what you want, what you've been through, what's your pain, 
What are your hopes? So then Jesus and this woman, they have this conversation. And in the course of the conversation, Jesus says to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying I do not have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. What Jesus is saying is, I know you. I know who you are. I know everything about you. But there's something different about the way he says that, that it's not a condemnation. Look at how bad you've messed up. There's no, there's no judgment in his voice. What he's saying is, I know who you are and where you've been. I know what you've been through. And I know what you're looking for. Because what is, what is every human person looking for? We're looking for love. We're looking for relationship. Why has, she look, why has she been in relationship with six men? Because she's looking for love and she can't seem to find it from that, those different men. How many people do we know like that? In what way am I looking for love in, in the different places that aren't actually going to satisfy it? You know, sometimes it's, if I, if I do everything my parents want, then they'll be happy with me, and then there'll be peace. If I get really good grades, then everything's just going to go well, and I'll get into the nursing program, and it'll be great, and I'll be happy. And Jesus is like, I, 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 wanna, I want you to be happy now. And if you're not happy, I want to hear all about it. And so there's something about the way he looks at her that's different. That he doesn't want to take anything from her. He wants to give her something. And she's so struck by this encounter that it says she leaves her water bucket and she goes to the town. She goes to those people who she felt disconnected from. That, that she actually encountered in Jesus a quench for her thirst that she thought she was looking for. But Jesus actually answered her deeper thirst, that he knows her and he loves her. And it's that, that being known and that being loved that propels her back into relationship with other people where she doesn't feel ashamed anymore. Like when, when somebody, when I know that somebody sees me at my lowest moment in my shame, and they know me, and they love me, it, it's almost like it just like takes away this cloud of darkness that, I, that follows me. Because I'm just like worried that the secret's going to get out or something. But when I know that God loves me, he knows me and loves me, it actually gives me a freedom just to be me, a freedom to be in relationship. Why, why, why do we avoid relationships sometimes? Relationship's hard. Relationship hurts. Relationship means being vulnerable. And it's much easier just to be in my own world than to be vulnerable. But, but the truth is, I actually want relationship. I'm made for relationship. I'm nourished by relationship. And our relationship with God is meant to heal us. To help us to experience relationship with our family, with our roommates, everyone around us.
And so this woman runs and tells all the people, come see a man who told me everything I have done, which, which would have been a statement of shame. He knows everything I've done. But now, because God has shown his light on her in, in truth, that now it becomes a statement of freedom. He knows everything. And he still loves me. That, that's, what, that's what marriage is supposed to be, right? That marriage is, this person knows, they know all my secrets. They know all my, you know, all my weaknesses. And it's the potential to have someone just poke us right where it hurts or to experience love right where I'm vulnerable. That's what marriage is supposed to be. But when we just start poking each other, that's when we're like, fine, I'm done. Get away from me. But that's not what we were made for. And Jesus, even marriage relationship is meant to prepare us, to open us to a relationship with God, who's like, I know everything, and I will never poke you. I actually want to love you most tenderly where you are most wounded. Remember when I first came to Flagstaff, um, our, I would sit in the chapel, we have a little chapel in the rectory, and every morning about 7.45, there's all this like laughing and this talking. And, and I asked uh, Father Pat, I was like, Father Pat, what, what is that? <laughs> He's like, oh, that's the AA group. They meet in that room right there, and they get out about that time. What did, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous where the first step, you show up, and the step one is, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. What they're saying is they walk into the room and they're saying, I'm an alcoholic. But the statement is not met with condemnation and shame, but it's, it's met with a knowing and a desire to love. That you could, you could imagine someone walking out of that room saying, come meet a group of people who know everything about me and love me. And, and there's so much joy that's unleashed. There's, there's freedom. That, that's, that's, it's like the freedom that we usually or can or often experience after confession. It's like, man, confession is awesome. Come, come encounter Jesus Christ who knows everything about me and loves me. But, but if I think, if I go to confession, I'm going to feel judged and I feel ashamed, it, that's actually not coming from the priest or Jesus. It's, it's my own shame. And by having an encounter where I can bring it to light and, and, and have the truth of me be out there and exposed, and to have it meet mercy and love, that's healing. It's life-giving. There's something about being known, something about relationship. There's a, there's a group of guys here at the Newman Center, and uh, for Lent and beyond, they've been, um, they gave up social media. And instead, what they do is they've been, um, they have a, a person that they check in every day with, and they get together as a small group at least once a week and kind of hang out and do stuff. And to see the transformation it's unbelievable in these guys because what, is, what do we normally do? Like we spend so much, the average college student spends so much time on social media, which is just relational voyeurism. It's like I'm, I'm looking over the fence at what my neighbor is doing. I'm looking over, I'm, look, I'm thinking about what's happening in everybody else's life. 
but I'm not actually opening the gate and going in and engaging in real relationship. And, and there's all sorts of studies and psychologists talk about now about um, just the danger there, that if we don't open the gate and enter into real relationship, that's, how, that's where loneliness, depression, all that stuff comes from. And so I'm seeing this in these guys and I'm, that they've actually expressed that in the last month, they have been forming and they feel like they have the best friends they've ever had in their entire lives. I mean, that's what you hope for in college. That's what I want. I want to find the best friends that we're going to, you know, 40 years from now, we're going to be old and like poking each other and just like telling stories and that our grandkids don't want to listen to. You know, like, like that's what we want. And how it happens is choosing to get into the nitty gritty and just talking and facing each other, even though it's sometimes it's a hundred times easier to like go the other way. But the one who wants to invite me into the relationship is Jesus Christ, who knows everything about me and invites me to satisfy his thirst. What does that mean? It means he, he wants to satisfy my every need. And, and when I when I go there for him to satisfy my thirst, when I go to him in prayer, whatever pops up or whatever keeps me from entering into that relationship, if, if we're not, like for example, if we're, when we think about like prayer, like oh, my relationship with God isn't very good right now, the question is, okay, what am I turning to rather than God? And, and what God is trying to do there is to expose those things so that we might tell him all about it, bring those to him, so that we might ex be able to receive that living water. So where, whatever I'm using now to satisfy my thirst, as I talk to the Lord all about that, it actually creates a space to enter into that real relationship. Does that make sense? Why am I spending so much time on this? Because heaven is relationship. But you and I have the capacity and the opportunity to enter into relationship with God now. That our heaven can begin now. We don't have to wait. And if we find ourselves in a, in a, in a living hell now, Jesus stands at the door and knocks and waits for us to open it's because he wants to come in and, and, and hear all about it. It's like Adam and Eve in the garden, right? When God says, where are you? Like, well, you're God. You should know that. Like, like the truth is God already knows everything about us. But he waits for us to open the door and bring it to him. Because God was saying to Adam and Eve really like, but where are you at? Tell me where you're at. Well, God, I feel really disconnected from you. God, I'm really frustrated. God, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and anxious. And Jesus just sits there and he's like, tell me all about it. That's our invitation this day. That the living water, the, the satisfying water that Jesus wants to give us is himself, is the grace of baptism in which we receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit where I can know communion with God, that God is with me, that God knows me, that God loves me. St. Teresa of Calcutta says it this way, Jesus thirsts even now. He wants only your love. 
wants only the chance to love you. And so we come here to this Mass this day, and I, our invitation is to, as, as the Lord asks us and desires to give us his living water, to give him a drink, to share with him what's on our hearts this day, which will open us up to receive him.